Welcome to Therapia, where we dive into the minds of therapists. This is where you get answers to all the weird, wonderful, and edgy questions you have. I'm your host, Indigo Melrose, counselor and psychotherapist, dementia expert, and passionate podcaster. So let's get into it. Like everything is kind of cooked into this uniform dark matter. So now I watch Netflix and the process is getting to the gold. Meet Rose Harvey, mother of two, psychologist graduate and practicing psychotherapist. Today, Rose and I will be exploring alchemy, transformation and our shadow side. I'm a recent graduate of Metavision, which is a holistic counselling and psychotherapy course. And I live in Melbourne and I'm a Scorpio. I'll add that in because I love astrology and I like to hear what everyone's sign is when I talk to them. Is that your opening line? You're like, hi, I'm Rose. I'm a Scorpio. Who are you? <laughs> no, but I was um, recently somewhere where I overheard some people talking and they one of them was like, I'm a Scorpio. And the other one was like, yeah, I'm a Scorpio. So then I kind of burst into the conversation. and was like, me too, me too. Rose and I had a chat about alchemy prior to this podcast. I know what you're thinking. Gold, right? Well, it is a type of gold, just not the metal, shiny kind. We're referring to alchemy as the gold within, meaning you are the alchemist and can mine for your own inner gold. Finding the gold within is not always an easy process. Sometimes you have to get dirty, dig stuff up, and descend into darkness. Within the dark, transformation can occur, and your own golden nugget form. Alchemy, as it relates to our personal liberation, occurs in four stages. Today, we'll only focus on stage one, known as Negredo. Negredo is the dark. It is the shadow side. It is the long night of the soul. Your darkness is just as important as your light. So, let's get dark. I wanted to talk about is this thing called the Negredo, which is a topic that comes from alchemy. And I, until like a week ago, I have to confess, I didn't really have any interest in alchemy and I didn't really know anything about it. And what I knew about it was, oh, it was, you know, people thinking they could turn everything into gold. And I remember thinking, that just sounds like stupidity. Like, <laughs> it sounds like bullshit. And then it was one of those weird kind of uh, synchronicities, I guess, that I was speaking to my therapist who's currently doing research on alchemy. And then I was listening to a podcast called This Union Life. It's three union analysts. And I remember listening and thinking, wow, this just so perfectly describes a lot of what I feel like I'm going through at the moment. Maybe you shared Rose's experience as something constantly being thrust into your awareness. Alchemy was showing up for Rose again and again. So Rose started exploring. And what she found was Negredo, the transformation of shadow. The psychological process involved in alchemy's first stage negredo is shadow work. This involves understanding what you project into others and the world. It is about becoming aware of your own darkness or shadow side. It's a blackness. It's a bit similar to like the dark night of the soul. Like everything is kind of cooked into this uniform dark matter. Another metaphor would be like the seasons when you go into winter. It's like... It's everything sort of seems dead. That's also when you can watch for like the green shoots to start to come through and it looks like nothing's happening. But actually there's a lot going on 
that we could, that we can't see. Is transformation possible without having to go through through that? I kind of don't think it is. I mean, there's something there that's trying to get our attention and wants to be looked at and engaged with. And ultimately what it's doing is like leading us towards that individuation, I think, or that wholeness. I'd love to meet someone who feels that they've been through life and just been extremely happy and never been through the darkness and sort of doesn't feel like they've had to confront that in any way because I really want to know how they do it. Right. I'm, I'm on board. I think we need to go through those hard places. And it, it sounds like a painful experience and it sounds hard, but it also sounds so nourishing and important and essential. And I think people forget that. I guess for me what I liked about it was being able to frame it in that way and knowing this is a process and it's part of the process is getting to the gold sparked my curiosity. And that in itself is something I've noticed really helps when I'm in those phases of feeling like quite depressed is being able to feel like I, that there is something deeper and more meaningful going on than just what you see on the surface. It's like something in me really needs that more like soulful connection and a sense of also I guess wonder and mystery uh, is really helpful for like getting me to get through whatever's going on but something greater is kind of at work negredo a concept I'd never heard of and yet it made so much sense don't we as humans need to go into our darkness overcome our fears and setbacks the hero's journey, right? And then there's that transformation word, the word that means so many things in today's day and age, and I wanted to know what it meant to Rose. We often hear about transformation in popular culture, everything from like, you know, transform your body, and everything has to be quick now. You know, transform your body, lose fat in six weeks. I feel like it creates this pressure too of like I'm not enough and I need to transform in order to be better. It doesn't take into account all that shadow stuff that like a lot of us don't want to look at but it's there. You know, for example, like if you're trying to transform your body and you're sort of putting a lot, like controlling what you eat and how you exercise and stuff, I'm really curious about what happens to the part of you that just loves to occasionally binge on chocolate like where that energy or that impulse goes. Because I feel like if we don't kind of really look at it and work with it consciously, that comes up somewhere else. I've been trying to get somewhere using the same kind of mindset that has created my problems in the first place. It's a bit like, you know that um, Einstein quote? We cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we use when we created them. So firstly, often there's this like, oh, it's an external thing. Like if I just go to this place or or I'm with that person or I look this way or I achieve that thing, then I'll be happy. It's usually like a happiness thing as well. I'll be happier. I'll be more satisfied. And so it's like this constant like looking outside ourselves for something better and more ideal than where we are. And I realise like, yeah, it just kind of leads you around in circles and it's just ultimately dissatisfying. Is real change possible? And I sort of started to think, okay, if I've been making decisions based on, I guess, a lot of conditioning, like about what we're told we should want, 
and what's good for us and out of wanting to avoid certain things that are uncomfortable that I guess we all want to avoid. Like we, no, no one wants to kind of feel bad and so a lot of my decisions I realised were based on wanting to feel comfortable and safe. We then lose the ability to discern, or at least I did, when is something uncomfortable because it's like a growing edge and when is it uncomfortable because it's not right for me. And so then I think sometimes we back away from things that actually we do really want because they're a little bit uncomfortable because we're also so used to going after things that we're told that we should want that we don't want deep down. You know, so now I've been trying to work on like working out when is something uncomfortable because it's a bit scary and exciting and it's going to be something that is going to feel really good when I get to the other side and push through the discomfort. And when is it something that feels uncomfortable and wrong because it's just not what I want? I love that comparison. Do you have any stories or kind of examples of when you've you've had those two different forms of discomfort? Yeah, I think, well, I guess both of them would relate to work or study. For a while, before I started studying at Metavision, I was in a job that I didn't really like. A big part of what I had to do involved cold calling, which I really hated. And it's like, this is like a small thing, so I'm not talking about like a major, you know, life transformation but I was really pushing myself to get better at that and I remember thinking like is this something that it's like a lesson that I need to learn and what I realized is it was that job and that aspect of the job especially was just wrong for me because it never got any easier and it never I never felt good after like pushing over that pushing past that edge I always just feel like yeah slight relief that that call or whatever that you know, it was done for now and then it was like, fuck, I'm just going to have to do it again tomorrow. Whereas there's been other times where, like a bit like seeing a client, like I might, sometimes I feel really nervous before a session, like the first time I work with someone. But then afterwards it feels really good to have pushed through that nervousness and made a connection with someone. I can sit with that discomfort because I notice after a session I have like an uplift in energy and I feel good for like, you know, pushing past my nerves. Because I'll, I'll be honest, it is sometimes a little part of me that's like, I hope they cancel because I just, I don't know if I can do this. And that's just a little like part, but I've noticed that in the past, if it's something that's not right, that part just gets louder and louder. Some of you are therapists. Maybe you're seeing a therapist. Whatever the situation is, inner work is something we should all do. It's something therapists absolutely have to do and something Rose has intimate experience with. Being a therapist in itself is this transformation. And then going into psychotherapy, there's a lot of self-work you have to do. And you do have to kind of look at things and look inward. How would you say that process has been? Sometimes it's just exhausting and so uncomfortable. And I just, like, sometimes I really yearn for just a time when I didn't even think about these kind of things. They weren't really in my awareness yet. And I think, oh, it would be so nice to, like, not worry so much about the meaning of life and just to be able to like zone out and watch Netflix and and I do do that sometimes but yeah like sometimes I think sometimes working on yourself is exhausting and we like I'll go through periods of resistance and and then periods where you feel like you learn a lot you do you have these I guess like mini transformations as well or like insights that really do shift things but it's not always that obvious to the outside world because you know you haven't lost 10 kilos and started a six-figure business or you know what I mean like it's it's something about the way you see the world and the way you engage 
with the world and the way you feel. But that's something else I've been sort of thinking about with transformation. I think this applies is that idea that actually I'm starting to get the sense that something is going on on a deeper level that doesn't actually require much from me in terms of doing. Um, it's more like allowing this process to happen. Uh, and I think that can be, like for me at least, it can be difficult because like there's still that part of me that wants to do stuff and see change and like see things change externally. But then I also like the idea that these processes can start to take place that have their own intelligence and they will, you know, if we can just give them space, they'll follow their own course. And I think at the moment, you know, with people feeling a lot actually and having to go through a lot, I know even talking to friends, you know, everyone's drinking a lot more at home. People have gone through Netflix like it's wildfire. Yeah, so there's, there's this ease with that. And there's so many avenues that we can lose ourselves in. And also it's really socially accepted. I know, we all encourage us like each other to numb out. I mean, I guess that's part of, you know, what they were saying in the Negredo is it's like this awareness it's it's basically shadow work and it's becoming aware of all the false ideas and beliefs you have about yourself and others and all the shit that you project onto the world and letting those really come up in order to fall away even things that you believe about yourself that you might say are positive like just say you think i'm a, like i'm a compassionate person I feel like in the negrado, what's happening is something will happen that will show me the ways that I'm really not compassionate. You'll see that, yeah, you might be that, but you're also not that. And you really have to own that. And so it's like this sense of like not really knowing who you are and of letting, yeah, all these like false ideas. And some of them are really painful to let go, like the ideas we have about ourselves and the world. Some of them, it's like I can feel that I really want to cling to them. And I also know that in the past I would have gone, I'm not, I'm not going to fucking sit and think about this, like, and feel this pain. And, you know, I, I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather just get drunk and watch Netflix. It's so much easier. <laughs> so much easier. <laughs> I also know that, you know, I've, I, you know, you might say, or I've said, like, I, I want to change or I want to, yeah, I, I want to do this work. And so part of me is like, well, prove it. Like, sit with this and let these things fall away and, face the pain and like realize that you know your your fragile ego is being wounded and and what that means rather than just lashing out or yeah dissociating from the experience together we are swimming in the depths and it is only going to get deeper and darker we're about to explore the long night of the soul perhaps it's a term you're familiar with it has also been called a spiritual detox so the long night of the soul, Eckhart Tolle calls it a collapse of a perceived meaning in life, an eruption into your life of a deep sense of meaninglessness. The inner state in some cases is very close to what is conventionally called depression. And I thought that was interesting. And it's when nothing makes sense anymore. There's no purpose to anything. That was kind of his description of it. And it just really... Um, hit home with me and I wanted to know if you have ever had a long night of the soul yeah I was listening to that thinking I've had a few of those <laughs> but I always look back and think it was kind of like a course correction 
or all the illusions are kind of revealed. Um, an example I'll give is when I finished uni, I really wanted to work in publishing and I got a job in publishing and, you know, I was doing well. I'd just been promoted and I like worked hard for that promotion. And I remember I was about 25 and it started with, I'd wake up in the night and I literally could feel this pressure. It was like something was pressing down on me. And I remember thinking, okay, so I got this promotion and now what? Like I keep working and then I get another promotion and where's that going to take me? Like does that mean that one day I'll be maybe the head of a publishing company? Because I don't know if that's what I want. And everything just suddenly felt so empty and pointless. That kind of kicked off, yeah, quite a long period of like questioning, I guess you'd call depression and just feeling completely lost. Yeah, I couldn't see the point in anything that I'd been doing all of a sudden. You know, all the goals that you kind of unquestioningly often, for me anyway, take on of get a job, try and buy a house, get a partner, have kids. And I suddenly had this real terror of all those things. Is this it? Can I see the end of my life? Yeah, that's it. It was pretty much like I'm just going to get up and go to work and in various like iterations and buy things and, you know, maybe take the occasional holiday and then I'll die. There must be so many people at the moment going through their own long night of the soul because I think when you're going full speed and you're working really hard and you, you know, you're kind of, you've got your week sorted, you don't have time to question things really, you know, and now going down and they've got all this time and there's all this ability to do like that inner work that we're talking about. And I think for some people, they just, they just never experienced it. They don't know what to do with it. And it can become a really scary abyss. Yeah, I mean, at that, at that point, I'd never even, like, really heard of the concept of inner work. I started having insomnia. I would wake up at night and I couldn't sleep and I just was like, everything just feels so pointless and empty. My trying to find the answers or get my way through that was all still about doing external things. I changed my job. My partner and I broke up for a little while. Like, I moved cities. It was just, like, kept trying to change these things outside of myself as a way to, like work through that darkness and it just didn't work was there a like a wake-up moment or was there something that actually you felt in yourself and you're like oh that's that's the thing or now I feel like I'm on the right path things got really bad and honestly like I got to the point where I was just like I just want to die I spent a lot of time actually at my parents house in that time lying on their couch and sleeping and just not engaging with the world and then around then although I did start reading I was reading quite a bit and I can't remember really what it was but I decided that I wanted to do something that was more meaningful and the thing that came to me uh, was psychology I thought oh maybe you know I'll go and work with people in some capacity I think of that skit from Monty Python where he holds the shoe up and says a sign a sign and it's like Rose had been getting all the signs. They hadn't been good signs, but there was something that needed to change. And yet, we don't have the answers. We have to sit in that discomfort and go through it 
and make mistakes and just listen in to what's going on. Maybe you can relate. Maybe there's some pressure or outside force that you've been experiencing and your life's good on the outside. It's ticking all the boxes and yet there's something missing. The way I got myself out of that was this kind of very intense, like uh, almost like scratchy energy that was like, right, like we need a plan. Otherwise you are just, you are, you're going to die or you're going to like sink into this blackness forever. And that's happened, you know, that happened to me a few times after that until I learned my lesson that that part of me looks like right now I have a plan. I'm going to go and study psychology. It's still looking out. It's not facing what's in here. And it works for a while. And it did work for a while. You know, I went and I started studying psychology and I had a baby and, you know, a year later, bam, back in that place. So it was only really when I started at Metavision that I was given the tools and the capacity to actually start to face what's going on and to be with what's going on and to stop thinking something has to change outside of me to help me through that those dark times. As humans, I think it does make all the difference to have a language that we can communicate with ourselves. Is there any sort of like advice you'd give to someone else? Because I'm sure there are so many people out there that are kind of resonating with what you're saying and thinking, uh, yes, I, I'm feeling I'm feeling that. Is there anything that you could sort of tell people, help them in that space? Well, firstly, not to say that anything I did previously was wrong like I don't think in a sense that any like trying to change external things is necessarily wrong because it still it did eventually lead me to metavision you know that's where I was started to learn I guess the skills and the tools to like be with myself in a different way and to work through things in a different way so I think sometimes yeah it's not to say that trying to change an external situation isn't going to help but I think there also has to be that other level of like looking at the deeper patterns and that doesn't mean there are times when I wake up at night still and go what is going on or I cry or I feel awful but I also feel like I have a lot more strength to face that now and a curiosity about what's going on and a softening towards it rather than fighting against it and I see it as a process like okay I'm going into this dark place and if I allow that to happen I'll get through to the other side and something else will emerge So we've talked about alchemy, we've talked about the long night of the soul, now it's time to talk about our shadow. Often this is disavowed or our less known side, and Rose and I today are going to try and demystify it and normalise it for you. Your shadow can be found in your astrological chart as the sign that's opposite your rising sign. So I had an interesting experience with that recently, Um, it really helped me actually frame it. I had felt really wounded by something someone had said. Like I felt like they told me off. I just couldn't let go. I was like, what is going on here? And I th- and I was like, okay, so I'm Aquarius rising, Leo shadow. Um, and I just looked at some of the more like, yeah, some Leo qualities and immediately just went, oh, my pride. You know, I would not normally have said pride is important to me. Or even things like um, other sort of Leo qualities that are in my shadow is a thing of specialness it's like I don't like being singled out and being seen as special but I also really want that and I get resentful if I'm not acknowledged but then if I am acknowledged it's really uncomfortable and I don't like it because I'm more about the Aquarian like equality (laughs) humanitarian kind of thing whereas the Leo kind of like standing out in the crowd being special is edgy I think sometimes people think of shadow stuff as being you know our inner murderer or like (laughs) It's not necessarily that black and white. 
just parts of ourselves that we're not familiar with, that we're a bit uncomfortable with, that we don't really want to own. Right. And I think, again, like we've talked a lot about how society and the external world plays into all of this and how they're learnt behaviours. So I think a lot of people go their whole lives without even acknowledging that side. And as you said, there's that duality. There's a bit of the part of your Aquarian that really loves to be seen as humanitarian and out there in the world. And then you've got this equally important part of you, the Leo, but you just don't like those qualities as much. And how how they are perceived in the world is often actually Mm. reflective of how we sort of internalise them and accept them. Being in Australia, tall poppy syndrome, you keep that shit locked down. (laughs) Yeah, so it's funny because then when you see these people, like, well, for me anyway, like when I see people who really embody those qualities, I'm attracted to it and I'm also like, like, what a wanker, like, you know, that person's just trying to draw attention to themselves and yet it's like part of me wants that as well. We are nearing the end. Before we go, Rose has a book recommendation and I have a quote. The rebel psychologist Carl Jung was fascinated by our shadow selves and summed up his understanding by stating, quote, The purpose of alchemy is to liberate the whole individual, which is hidden in the darkness, threatened by the rational and correct conduit of life, consequently experiencing themselves as hindered and on the wrong path, end quote. Ponder that. And now for a book recommendation by Rose Harvey, this week's guest speaker. Is there a book you can recommend? Is there something um, that you're reading and loving that you'd love people to have a go reading? Just one. I've got so many. Well, one book that I keep returning to again and again is Working on Yourself Alone by Arnold Mandel, which is a great book for inner work. And if I can say one more, so it's called Romancing the Shadow, A Guide to Soul Work for a Vital, Authentic Life. And it's by Connie Zweig and Steve Wolf. Well, friends, I feel like we've shared quite the adventure. Therapy is all about deep diving into the unknown. If you feel like you got something out of this conversation, then please spread the word. To contact this week's guest speaker or learn more about the topic and how you can work with it, check out our show notes. Therapia releases new episodes weekly, so make sure you stay connected. Bye from us at Therapia and stay curious.